Thank you so much. And we're going to be talking about anger. We're not going to be displaying anger. And I'm, and I'm wondering why this whole front row disappeared. <laughs> well, did you know that God wants to be a part of each and every one of our lives? And when he does that, when we allow God to be a part of our lives, changes will happen. And a lot of times we don't notice those changes. But the people that's around us, they notice the changes. Your your co-workers, your friends, your family, they will notice the changes that God does in your lives. And like Tommy, you know, we, we portray an image and we could actually be judged, we could actually be known by our image. Well, what, he, what we portray on the outward appearance, our perspective, our body language, our facial expressions will let people know what's going on on the inside of our, our hearts. Like take your spouse and your kids, for instance. If they was to look at your facial expressions, they would know if you was happy or sad just by your facial expressions. Yeah, look at everybody. They're looking at one another and thinking, you happy, you sad, you happy, you sad, just by your facial expressions. You know, when I was in elementary, we used to sing this song. And we're going to do that this morning. We're actually going to sing. We're actually asking for some audience participation this morning. If you would sing with me and you would participate. And I would tell my grandchildren this when they're in elementary and doing their program, that if they don't participate it's more embarrassing because you're the only one not singing or moving. So we're going to sing. The, the words should be posted on the screen if it's there. And it's like this. So I want you guys to participate and sing, okay? If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, stomp your feet. If you're happy and you know it, then your face will surely show it. If you're happy and you know it, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Good job. Let's do it one more time. One more time. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, stomp your feet. If you're happy and you know it, then your face will surely show it. If you're happy and you know it, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Good job. <laughs> kind of changed the lines, the last line there. But if we're happy and we know it, then that's what we should be doing all the days of our lives, right? Praising God for the happy life that we get to have. And this song reminds me that whatever is happening... On the inside of me, inside of my heart, it'll come out. It'll be in, a, in our outward appearance. It'll be in our demeanor. Whatever we're feeling emotionally on the inside at any given moment, we will express it through our outward appearance. And this morning, we're talking about resolving anger. Now, notice this. I didn't say that we were going to eliminate anger. Because anger in itself is not bad. It's not. It's what we do with the anger that brings a concern. Because it is not in God's purpose to eliminate anger. Because God gave us the character and the emotion called anger. And it's in every one of us. It's an emotion that needs to be taken very seriously. Or it will destroy us. Physically, emotionally, 
relationally, and most of all, spiritually. So this morning, we're going to learn to three steps. How we can allow God to move in our life and help us to resolve anger. So as you entered the sanctuary this morning, you were given a bulletin. And in that bulletin, you've got your, your handout, some notes so that you could follow along. And I would ask if you have your Bibles this morning that you would open to the book of Ephesians. And Ephesians is in the New Testament. And I would like to, for you to go to chapter 4 and just hold your place there for a while. Now I'm sure most of us would agree that anger is a difficult emotion to deal with. And I myself don't enjoy feeling angry or what anger brings out of me or the effects of anger I don't enjoy that but the truth is we will all experience this emotion it's a part of just being a human being we get mad even when we've been saved even when we know Christ we will still struggle with this emotion we'll still struggle with anger and every so often Our old behaviors, our old ways, the old flesh will arise. And we will get angry, don't we? Sure we do. And for some of us, it's more than we want it to. Sometimes we're out of control with our anger. But as a believer of Jesus Christ, I believe this. That we desire transformation. We desire to be changed. To become more Christ-like. And when we do that... Changes have to happen. And only God can change us. Only God can change people if we obey. If we obey. And the good news is this. That he wants to change us. He wants to help us to change. We just need to cooperate. And we cooperate by acknowledging And letting go of our old behaviors. And allowing God to show us and teach us how to change. I guarantee you that today everyone in this sanctuary wants to be changed in some part of their life. And if that's true, give me an amen. Okay, everybody needs change. And Paul agrees with us. And he says this from Ephesians 4, 21 to 24. When you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self, created to be like God, In true righteousness and holiness. And what Paul is saying is, okay, you've been saved. Desire to change. Desire to change yourself from your old tendencies, your former tendencies, which will influence your obedience to God. Change your perspective. Change your attitude and become more like Christ. Because if we don't, then you disregard God's principles for your life. And you trade it in for your own standards. Your own way of living. And we've done that. And you'll never know the true righteousness. Nor will you experience 
the fullness of God's holiness for your life. The effect of anger produces in our lives can be very, very devastating. And we need to counter that. But we need to recognize it before we can get rid of it. So to resolve anger, we need to, number one, acknowledge your anger. Acknowledge your anger. Like Pastor Sheldon said, anger in itself isn't bad. It's not. It's how we handle, how we control our anger that's dangerous. Jesus got angry. Remember when he went into the temple with the money exchangers? He got angry, but Jesus, he didn't go ballistic on people. He didn't go around shouting and yelling at people. He didn't go around slapping them wrong. No, he demonstrated his anger by tipping over some tables and communicating. He communicated why he was doing it. He cleaned up the temple and protected the integrity of the temple, which was his father's presence and the holiness it represented. That's what Jesus did. He didn't go around hurting people. Or sinning. We need to acknowledge our anger. And scholars say that anger is an emotional state of our mind. Which can be triggered by a thought. A memory. By becoming irritated. By people. Our response to a situation. Or our lack of self-control. So this morning, I want to identify the different phases that anger takes on. So we'd be able to recognize what anger looks like when it presents itself. So the first phase is wrath. And you got a blank there, you can put wrath. This is a revengeful, retribution, I'll get you back, and sinful type of anger. People with this type of anger are usually holding grudges. They want to return the pain that they felt from the offender to the offender, the person that hurt them. It's a tooth for a tooth and an eye for an eye. Get even type of anger. I want to even up the score. That's the type of anger that wrath is. And the Pharisees, the religious leaders of old, they used this type of anger against Jesus. They had their own religious thing going on and um, the way that they taught people, they would take God's laws and they would mingle it with their own laws. And then it became very difficult for the people to understand what was the original law of God because they would just mingle it with everything. People had a hard time understanding what the laws was. And then Jesus comes along and he preaches the truth of the world, of the word, and then he disrupts them. He takes away their integrity, their reputation, and they got angry with him. And they were plotting how they might get even, how they might take revenge on Jesus. And Luke 6, 11 states it this way. The teachers and the Pharisees were furious. They were angry and started saying to each other, what can we do about Jesus? You know, when it comes to this type of sinful anger, We need to be very careful. And this kind of anger needs to be condemned. 
The second phase anger takes on is rage. Rage. Now, this is extreme anger, uncontrollable, outbursting, forceful, and explosive type of anger. People with this type of anger are usually short-tempered and will probably bring harm to themselves and to people around them. Boy, this type of anger really reminds me of myself. Now, I'm going to be transparent in front of you this morning, so don't go out and tell the world what I did, huh? And I used, to, I used to go off when I got angry. I was like a, a time bomb with sensitive triggers just waiting to be set off. When circumstances arose, I would fly off the handle and I would do things and I would say things that I, would, I didn't like, that I would regret later. I'd react without thinking. And deal with the the issues in an irrational way. And my excuses would be this. I just went losing. I couldn't handle anymore. I couldn't help myself. That would be the excuses. And before I knew it, it was all over. I hurt my friends. I hurt my family. But most of all, I hurt my own integrity. And that's what this kind of anger can do to us. Proverbs 14, 17 says it this way. A quick-tempered person does foolish things. And the one who devises evil schemes is hated. This kind of anger needs to be controlled. And James tells us very clearly that we are to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And that would be good advice for any situation to gain self. Third phase that anger takes on is resentment. Resentment. This is the hurtful, suppressed ill feeling, suppressed ill feeling, hatred, and a dangerous type of anger. People with this type of anger are usually filled with self pity. They're holding on to a And injustice may be done to them for years now. And they haven't learned to let go of their anger, their resentment. The self-pity within them will eventually turn into bitterness. And then from bitterness, it will turn into stubbornness. It will slowly destroy them. And it will destroy their relationships, their personalities, and their character will be one of a hardened heart. This anger will stop short the communication skills to relate to people because their love for people have been tainted by hatred. Proverbs eighteen nineteen records, A brother offended is harder to win than a strong city. And contentions are like the bars of a castle. Well, what it's saying, it's, it's difficult to heal a heart That is constantly being hurt to resentment. And this kind of anger needs to be conquered. And it needs to be removed from within us. So we've uncovered the different types of angers that causes us to sin. But there's one more type of anger that anger takes on. And it takes on this face. It's called indignation. 
indignation. And this is justifiable, healthy, and righteous anger aimed at the problem and not at the people. And this is the type of anger that Jesus displayed many a times in the Bible. His anger was directed to correcting a wrongful practice or adjusting people's unhealthy attitudes. He did it in the synagogues with the money exchangers. And he did it when the Pharisees questioned him on whether he would heal a man on the Sabbath. You see, this, the Pharisees, they believed that there was to be no work done on the Sabbath. But Jesus always fared on compassion and love for people. And what had happened is the Pharisees has, had lost their compassion for this man and for people. And they believed only in the legalistic teachings that they had. Let's read the story from Mark 3, verses 1 to 6. And he entered the synagogue again, and a man was there who had a withered hand. So they watched him closely, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath, so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man who had the withered hand, step forward. Then he said to them, he's talking to the Pharisees, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But the Pharisees kept silent. And when he had looked around at them with anger, with indignation, being grieved by the hardness of their hearts, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored as whole as the other. He really plotted with the Heronians against him, how they might destroy him. That's what anger would do. It will, that's what anger would do. It will destroy people. And in verse 5, Jesus looks at them with grieved anger, indignation, and he noticed their uncompassionate hearts and his move with indignation. And with this righteous anger in his heart, he releases his compassion for the man and healing comes to him. Just because of his love and his compassion. You see, Jesus didn't explode with rage. And he didn't call forth fire and brimstone from heaven to pour out his wrath on these people. He chose to channel his anger and he responded by choosing his words, listen, very carefully and wisely so that the people, the Pharisees, wouldn't retaliate. Indignation, anger is constructive anger. And it's the only kind of anger that God doesn't condemn. Proverbs twenty nine eleven says this, A fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man quietly holds it back. Jesus controlled and he conquered his anger through love. So we've exposed what anger looks like. 
And you may find yourself in any one of these categories, any one of these anger issues. So what do we do now? How do we resolve our anger? Well, number two, confront your anger. Confront your anger. Like Joey said, admit it. Confront your anger. We will all deal with anger differently. But the main thing is that we confront it. We deal with it. You see, anger can take a toll on us. And like I said earlier, if not dealt with, it can be very, very dangerous. And one of the ways we confront anger is by repressing it. We repress it. People who repress anger just want it to go away. They just want it to disappear. They don't want to deal with it. They try to block it out of their minds, pretending that it's not there. Because they've seen and they've experienced the destructive power that anger brings. The effects of it. So they think that by blocking it out, it'll go away. It'll be all well. But just merely forgetting about it can be very, very fatal to your health. Anger can affect our bodies in so many different ways. Listen, anger will trigger what's called uh, stress hormones called cortisol. And it will release it into our bodies. And small releases of cortisol can give our bodies a quick burst of energy. Kind of tense you up. And it causes our muscles to tense up. And our heart rate to rise. And our body to get excited and, and anxious. And anger can create blood clots in our, in our brain and our hearts. Causing heart attacks, strokes, brain dysfunctions. Anger does that. Anger also produces an unhealthy digestive tract. And it causes ulcers. There's so much health issues that unresolved anger can cause within us, within our bodies. And repressing it doesn't help us. Another way that we deal with anger is we suppress it. And this can be a wise thing to do, to hold on to your anger, hold it in. But I wouldn't recommend it. Because sooner or later, you're going to have to release it. Because it will build up and one day blow up. I find myself at times suppressing my own anger. And the results of it aren't good. And again, being transparent, I, I don't have these great and wonderful and blessed days that you think I do. I wish I would. I wish I would. But I have my share of trials. I have my share. And sometimes I do get angry. Come on, we all get angry. It's part of our being. But I've learned to, to chill and to relax. I do that even more now. I don't respond as I used to in my old ways. I hold on to my anger at times and I suppress it. I hold it in. And then when I go home and my, my wife greets me at the door, and let's just say, putting my wife. Because I release onto her and then, and then she takes all of that in and, and then she holds it in and she suppresses it and half an hour later, putting me. Because I end up cooking up my own dinner. But she's my lightning rod, you know. She's my, oh. Yeah. 
But suppressing anger will do that to us. You know, it'll destroy our relationship. And we usually take it out on someone that is close to us. You know, a family member, someone that we love, and we hurt the ones that we love. How many of you guys done that? Only me, huh? <laughs> you know, but I'm doing better. I'm doing better. We're doing better, yeah, honey? We resolved our anger, yeah? That away, baby. So repress and suppress anger isn't the best way to deal with anger. We have to learn to release our anger. Get rid of it and replace it with love, with gentleness, with kindness, with tender mercies. Try to find forgiveness for ourselves first and then forgiveness for our fellow man. Because Ephesians 4.31 says it this way, Let all bitterness, wrath, Anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And here's the key. And be kind to one another. Tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Even as God in Christ forgave you. Another way to confront anger is by getting rid of it. Expressing it. And in today's society, we're taught to express yourself. Let your feelings out. If it feels good, do it. That's what we taught in today's society. And expressing our anger isn't bad. If it's done right. And that means that we release it under control. True corrective and constructive criticism. Never destructive. Never destructive. Now for most of us, including myself, we respond before we think. Sometimes my mouth moves before my brain. So I've been told. But that's how we get in trouble. That's how we get in trouble. But we can express our anger without harming or hurting people. You see, folks, when we get angry, our thinking process in our brain, something that's called, there's a gland there that's called the agmadala. Big word, huh? It's called the agmadala. And sometimes that takes in knowledge and it takes it to your cortex part of your brain. But sometimes it gets hijacked. Uh, or, or taking over, short-circuited, and then it goes to, it releases these hormones, these, these stress hormones, called that cortisol hormones that I've been talking about. And in turn, it sends a rush to our body, and then it affects our brain, and then it influences our responsive system, and then we respond in an irrational way. We get mad. That's why we go Ballistic. But I've noticed this, and I'm talking about myself here, that I, since I've been a Christian and in God's word, it's helped me to be more relaxed, to be more forgiving, to be more contented with life itself. And I've learned to control my behaviors. And I've learned this, to take authority over my anger. I've learned to let it go through forgiveness and realizing that the power of God's love is what I needed. You know, I get to forgive. I get to love. Instead of not forgiving and holding on to resentment and hatred towards people. 
And recent studies have shown that people who are more relaxed and contented, people who laugh and enjoy life, they are less stressful or angry. Laughter actually dissolves anger. It does. The Bible says this, that laughter is good for the soul. What I've done is I've rerouted my anger into enjoying God's love, God's forgiveness for me, and God's word, and all that it brings for me. And I know that he wants that for you. Because that's his will to help us to change. Because God's word is powerful. And the joy that I receive from it defeats anger any day. Any day. I can now express my anger in a good way. Without injuring people. Because my heart and my perspective through God's word have changed my life. It's changing my way of thinking because of God's love, understanding it for me first, so that I can express that to people. Hebrews 4.12 says it this way, For the word of God is living and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts, and listen, the intents, of our heart. God knows your heart. And he knows the intent of it. And if we don't confront anger. Listen. It will confront you. It will confront you mentally. Physically. Relationally. Emotionally. And spiritually. And when we allow that. We will be in full disobedience. Of God. See, anger can produce disobedience to God. But our faith in God helps us to destroy the effects of anger. Deal with your anger. Because unresolved anger produces rubbish in our lives. And eventually, you hurt yourself and you hurt others. James 1, 19 and 20 says it this way. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. And I like this. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Acknowledge your anger. Confront your anger. And here's your last point for today. Use your anger. Use your anger. Acknowledge your anger. Get to the root of it. Get to the root of your anger. If, and I say this very keenly, if you're dealing with angry, anger spirits, know where it's coming from. Whether it's coming from wrath, where you want revenge, or from rage, where you're uncontrollable, or maybe it's from holding on to resentment. And you're dying on the inside because you've never learned to let your anger go. You're holding on to it too long and you got some ill feelings within you you need to let that go 
wherever it's coming from, acknowledge it, confront it, and give it to God. Give it to Him. Because I know He can turn our hearts around and change our perspective and use our anger for good. You see, when God created us and He was done creating, He looked at His creation and He said this, It is good. God enjoys moving in our lives. That's His desire. He wants to move in our lives. And He'll make some adjustments when He does. He'll make some changes for us. Now we can turn our anger to influence people through the principles that we live by. God's principles and not our principles. Not our ways of living. Not our standards. It's God's standards that we live by. God's words. Don't allow anger to keep you captive and control your lives. You take your place. You take your authority and you control it. Setting yourself free from it. Taming it. And using it for good. To forgive. So that we can love again. Because anger takes love away. It destroys it. Galatians 5.13-15 to 15 reads... You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, not anger. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. And be careful of this one. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. See, allowing God to move in our lives says that I must die to my anger spirit. I must die to my anger, to my old behaviors, and I must submit to His ways. And as new believers, or even if we've been following Christ for over a hundred years, we all want changes for the good in our life. We all do. Changes makes us to become a living light. So that others can see and live by. We become the examples of who Christ really is on this earth. But uncontrolled anger takes that, way, takes that testimony away from us. It destroys it. Desire to change your life. Desire to follow Christ in your life. Because he sacrificed his life for you and I. Now we can sacrifice for others by channeling my anger, our anger, for the good. And by standing up for what is right. You see, we can use anger for good. God put that in us. And we will get angry. Galatians 2.20 says it this way, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. See, resolving your anger doesn't happen overnight. It's not. It'll take some work. It'll take some dedication. It'll take some commitment and submission see resolving anger doesn't mean that it's completely eliminated from our lives you will get angry 
But we need to resolve it by controlling our anger for the purpose of correction and justification for righteousness. You will get angry, but you don't have to sin in your anger. You deal with it on a daily basis until you know that you've been set free without a doubt, set free from your anger. That's when you know you've resolved your anger. When you forgive. When you have the strength to forgive. When you love one another again. And the joy of the Lord returns into your life. That's when you know you resolved your anger. And allowing Jesus to set us free from it does that for us. And when you allow God to move in your life you'll be able to resolve it and control it and then turn it around for what the world intended anger to be. God can use it for good in us. Amen? Ephesians 4.26 says it this way. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Acknowledge your anger. Control it and forgive one another. Don't allow your anger to even reside in you for a 24-hour period, not even overnight. If you have a, a, a dispute with your spouse and you go to bed at night and you guys all sleep like, like this, right? We're supposed to sleep like this, not like this. Or like this, that's how you guys sleep. Don't allow your anger to go past the I love you And I forgive you before you go to bed. What will happen? Or how will you feel if something would happen to your spouse or your loved one during the night? Do not allow anger to control you. You control it. Before you go to bed, if you're having a spat, say, I'm sorry. Say, I love you. If you're having a spat before you go to work, Say, I'm sorry. Say, I love you before you leave the house. That's good teaching. Remember how much God loves you and how he forgives you. God is using our past lives and it's turning it out for good. And it's using us to reach people, to reach others. Allow him to move in your life. Use the love he gave us by forgiving one another. As he has forgiven us. If we can do that, just forgive yourself and love yourself and forgive people. Don't hold on to your anger. Let it go. Give it to God. Acknowledge it. Confront it. And then use it for good by loving people the way that God loves you. If we can do that, then I would say we've resolved our anger. Amen? Would you close your Bibles? And would you bow your hearts today as we pray? Most gracious Father, we heard a message and it it digs deep within us, Lord God, because sometimes that's where it is. That's where our anger is held. 
deep within us, Lord God. And sometimes we don't understand why we react, why we respond in that way. Well, today, Lord God, you've given us a way out. That if we would love you the way you loved us, and if we would get into your word and understand how much you've done it for us, forgiving our sins on the cross, shedding your blood so that we would be set free from our sins. You didn't just take it away. You washed it away, Lord God, forevermore. Well, we could do that with our anger too. By allowing you to move in our life. So, Father, I would pray that you would do that for us today. That you would move in our life, in all of these people's lives. Do that for them, Lord God. And I pray that they would acknowledge the anger that they, they may be going through. Father, I'm not saying they are. But they may be holding on to. That they would confront it and deal with it. And then they would release it to you. Expressing it to you, Father. And that you would turn it around for your good. The way you used anger, Lord God. So that you would correct us in such a way, Father. That we would be used for thy kingdom in this world today. For some of us, we don't know the God that I'm talking about. Maybe it's your first time here. But God ordained this very time for you that you would hear a message like this and if you're struggling with anger then i know god and his name is jesus and he can take all of this away when we obey him the first step in that is allowing him to move in our life accepting him into your life and today i want to give you that chance and i'll say a prayer and you can repeat it after me in your hearts if you wish or aloud. And the prayer goes like this Lord Jesus, I am a sinner, but I want to change. So today I acknowledge you and what you've done for me on the cross. I'm choosing today to accept you as my Lord and my Savior. Would you come into my heart and would you move in my life? So that I can become the very person you created me to, to be. And I choose to believe today that you died for me on that cross. And you're now seated on the right hand of, of God interceding and praying for me. I choose you today, Lord, as my, my Lord and my Savior. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if you've said that prayer in your heart... And would you just lift her hand and we just want to pray over you. Thank you, brother. Thank you, sister. Thank you, brother, back there. Lord, you see the hearts today. Would you touch their hearts, Father? And would you come into their life, move in their life in such a way, Lord God, that they will experience the holiness, the righteousness, but most of all, your love within them. Let them experience your love. So that they may become the very person you created them to be. And today we welcome them into thy kingdom. We give you all praise. We give you all honor. And we give you all glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Would you welcome those who accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior this morning?